Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, everything that I'm going to read from my Bible is going to be on the screen. Or if you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, you can go to our info area in the lobby and we'd love to give you a Bible. So John chapter 14. And this week we are in the fourth and final week of our series that we're calling You Asked For It. And this is a series where you really helped determine the content. In fact, on Easter Sunday, we gave out a survey. In this survey, one of the questions that were on this survey was this question. I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about blank. And so we asked you that on Easter Sunday. And a lot of you responded, and we got so many, like hundreds of responses. And we took the four most common responses, and we built a series all around these four questions. And by the way, there's nothing new about this idea of answering people's questions. Because, in fact, many of Jesus' sermons in the Bible were answers to people's questions. It was people getting around Jesus and saying, hey, like, tell me about blank. And then all of a sudden, Jesus would just be ready with this awesome sermon. I needed like six months to prepare for this one, but Jesus could just on the spot, just go and just give an amazing message. And because he was just responding to people's questions. And by the way, I just want you to know that if you have questions, welcome to the club. And that this is a safe place to have questions. In fact, I think it's very normal to have questions about God and the Bible and things about questions about life. And I I believe that we have all at times had questions. And I just want you to know that I believe church should be the safest place to ask questions. Should be the safest place to really talk about anything, including your questions. And so today, if you're taking notes in in this last week of this series, we're going to be answering this question. And by the way, you asked for it. Just want to make sure that you know you asked for it. Um, How can one religion be, quote, right and another religion be, quote, wrong? Got real quiet up in church today. Hey, you asked for it. I just want to make sure you know you asked for this question. Um, And um, by the way, if you want to deep dive into this subject, really it's a subject that's known as apologetics. And it really is like, okay, how how can we be able to learn more about faith and all those things? Here's two books that I highly recommend. One, and we're going to put pictures on the screen, okay? The first is what's called on the right, The Case for Faith. And this book is incredible. In fact, somebody that's on our leadership team told me that when they were 18 years old, they read this book and were a part of a devotional of this, and that's how they actually got saved, and um, it, it's an incredible book that, that kind of, if, if this is something that like you want to deep dive, that's an incredible book on, uh, on apologetics for the case for faith. And then the other one is an amazing book and it's called Letters from a Skeptic. And here's what I love about that book is because a lot of times conversations like this can be very adversarial, me versus you, trying to win a debate argument. By the way, that's not how we roll. I want you to know that as a church, we're committed to talking about what we are for, not what we are against. It's not about winning an argument, 
but it's about connecting and helping people connect with God. And so this book, what I love about the posture of this book is that it's a conversation through letters between a father and a son. And the son is a believer and is actually an apologetics professor at a college, but his dad doesn't know Jesus and he's unsaved. And this is his son's last attempt to be able to share Jesus with his dad. And how many of you know whenever you're having a conversation with somebody you love, the posture is so much different than just trying to win a debate. And so I love, and so th- what, what this book is, is just an exchange of letters back and forth between the dad says, here's a question I have, and he answers it. And then, that's, then that has another question, and then the son answers that. It's an amazing book. So those are two books. If you want to kind of deep dive into this subject, it actually, I, I, parts of these books really help me prepare uh, for, for this message. So out of all the potential questions that could have been asked in this series, the question that, that I started thinking about at the very beginning of studying for this message was why was this question in the top four? And so maybe you're, like, you are personally wrestling with this question. And maybe you find yourself, maybe you're at Easter, maybe you're back here this week and you're like, I, I've, I've kind of wrestled with this question and, and you really want to settle this in your heart. And by the way, I, I want to thank you for your bravery of actually checking that box. And so maybe, maybe that's why, or maybe you check that box because you know somebody else who is wrestling with this question and you just want some help. You just want to be equipped of how do I even have conversation or what does that look like? And so, but to truly be able to answer this question, we have to first understand the difference between what is known as absolute truth and relative truth. So absolute truth, let me put the definition on the screen, is truth that is universally true at all times for all people in all places in all cultures. In other words, it's truth that is truth no matter what. That regardless of circumstances, it's always true. And a lot of people really struggle with this idea of absolute truth. Like, can truth really be truth at all times, in all places, in all cultures? Can that really happen for all people? Is that, in fact, I found a recent study this week that two out of three Americans now deny that there's any such thing as absolute truth. And I found another study that says 75% of people in church really struggle with this idea of absolute truth. And the reality is we live in the world that is constantly pushing us not towards absolute truth, but towards relative truth. And here's what relative truth is. Relative truth is truth that is true at some times for some people in some places in some cultures. In other words, Truth that may be truth for you isn't necessarily truth for me. And right and wrong, that's a pretty gray line. So for you, it may be something, but for me, it may be something totally different. And relative truth believes that there is no absolute truth. That there is no truth that is true at all times for all people in all places, in all cultures. And that truth, get this, it says that truth never excludes anything. And here's why I personally, I struggle with this line of thinking. Because truth, by its very definition, excludes its opposite. 
Because if truth does not exclude its opposite, it's not truth, it's opinion. Because when you are saying something is true, you're saying that anything not that is not true. And somebody's like, okay, like you're just saying a lot of stuff. I go, okay. (laughs) Plus, I can prove that absolute truth exists. And by the way, in advance, please forgive me. Okay, just please forgive me. Um, I I do want to remind you, you asked for it, okay? Um, (laughs) Because in no way, shape, or form would it be right for you or for me or anybody else to punch a baby in the face. It's just like some of you are like, oh my gosh, like that got dark real quick, okay? But think about it. A hundred years ago, it wouldn't be right. Right now, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right in a hundred years from now. Like under any circumstances with that in any culture, I don't care what time period, it would be just so jacked up if you punched a baby in the face. And we all messed up. Saying somebody, somebody may be here and you're like, well, you know what? Um, but that's not my truth. I'm like, well, sir, you're a psycho, okay? Because it's not, because that is truth. Um, and by the way, um, everybody okay? Everybody okay? Like, by the way, I, I, am, I am well aware, I'm well aware that every single week, There are people in our church, in both services, with different perspectives and beliefs on all types of subjects. And I love it. I promise you, if you hang out here or any other church long enough, you may not see eye to eye on every single subject, every single sentence that said in every single message, there may be a time where you don't see completely eye to eye. But that doesn't have to create this us versus them, toxic, let's fight culture that the world pushes on us. Listen, we can still be friends. We can still hang out. We can still have conversation. We can still value each other. We can still be in the same room and learn more about God together. We're all on journey. In fact, I dream of being a church where it doesn't matter where you are on your spiritual journey. Whether you could be like, and we're, by the way, we are all somewhere on a spiritual journey. Some of us maybe like, I don't believe. Maybe I'm an atheist, wherever the That's somewhere on a spiritual journey. And so maybe that's you, and you find yourself here, and you're here, or maybe you're just spiritually curious, and I'm just kind of kicking the tires on this whole thing, and I'm not sure yet, but I'm kind of curious. Or maybe you're here, and you've just recently made a decision. This is week 55 of our church, and maybe you've made that decision within this last 55 weeks. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for decades. I dreamed of starting a church where it doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. We could all come to this same place where this could be a bridge where every single person could come, and all of us could take a next step in our relationship with God. But in the world that we live in, this idea of absolute truth can often be viewed as fighting words. How many of you have ever been in a fight just by show of hands? Come on, raise it up proud. I'm talking about where you threw some haymakers, where you were punching. (laughs) 
Yes, I love. Keep your hands up. I want to see. I want to see. Look at this. You got to fight. Yes. Now, I've sort of, hey, t tell them after service, okay? Tell them after. I've sort of been in a fight. Sort of. Sort of. Technically, I punched my best friend Josh in sixth grade over some starbursts. Um, See, back in the day, let me, let me explain. See, back in the day, um, the, the school that I went to, it was, had the old school desk. You know, the ones with like the 50-pound weights on the top, the wood, and you kind of put it up, and then you could put it back down. You know, it was those type of desks. How many of you ever seen some of those desks? That's kind of old school desk. You know, and um, so we had just finished PE, and it was the last, it was seventh period, the, la the last period of the day, and, you know, we, we had just finished PE, and I was, I was kind of hungry, and my, my friend Josh, he went by the vending machine, and that's when you could actually buy candy in vending machines at school, and, um, and they had some Starburst, so he got some Starburst, and we were sitting beside each other, and he raised up his desk. And inside were some of those little square goodness right there of Starburst. By the way, pink is the best. Anybody pink? Okay. Some of y'all that think the yellow is, I don't know. Y'all need to get saved, okay? Um, but he, he raised up the desk and he said, would you like a Starburst? I'm like, Absolutely. Of course I would want a Starburst. Who would not want a Starburst? And so I looked, and I saw the one that I wanted to get, and so I started to reach in, and then he slammed that desktop on my fingers. And I went back, and I was like, ow! And I just kind of said, man, I went like that just to him a little bit, just a little, just a little paw. That's it, just a little, that's it. Just like that. Sixth grade me did this, and um, he dodged it, and then he did this. <laughs> so little sixth grade enraged me, went pop right in the face. I started it, and I ended it with one punch. I had what, what counselors called an anger problem back in the day. <laughs> But here's what I've learned. I've learned that most fights, they start over fighting words. And many people consider Jesus' words in John chapter 14, these fighting words. In fact, over 2,000 years later, these are still some of the most controversial words in the Bible that are, because they're filled with absolute truth. Let, let, let me show you. John chapter 14, I'll give you a little bit of context before we get to the, the one verse I want to camp out at. Verse 1, it says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus talking. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then his followers, the people that have been with him, they respond this way in verse 5. No, we don't. Like, we don't know the way, Lord. Thomas said he's doubting everything. And then it says, we have no idea where you are going. So how, like, how can we know the way? And, and here, here's the verse 
that really, that really stirs up a lot of people. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, no one can come to God, except through me. And so with our remaining time, I want to really break down this controversial verse. And I want to give you three things. And here's the first. Jesus is the way. That's what he says in, in verse 6. He says, I am the way. I am the way. So Jesus is the way. Listen to what Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, talking about Jesus. That salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. And Jesus says in this verse, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I'm not a way, I'm the way. And Jesus is saying, I am the only way to God. And what I found is that people have this problem or this tension with the word only because it feels exclusive. But I assure you that Jesus is never exclusive. In fact, he's strictly inclusive. And I can prove it by one word in the Bible. Just one word in the Bible that's over and over again is this, whoever, whoever. Listen, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John chapter 5, verse 24, very truly I tell you, this is Jesus talking, whoever hears my word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life. John 6, 35. And by the way, I could keep going, but I'm going to limit it to three. John chapter 6, verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, the truth of the gospel is that no matter who you are or where you're from, the whoever what you look like, what you've done, the mistakes that you've made. If there's breath in your lungs, if you have a pulse, God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And he's created a way for that to happen through Jesus. And I want to encourage you, don't get hung up on the fact that there's only one way. Get excited that there is a way. See, Jesus he isn't being exclusive when he says, I am the way. He's being specific. For example, it would be like saying, hey, all of us, we're going to go today to Kings Island. Let's all go to Kings Island. Let's just ride some roller coasters. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's eat overpriced funnel cakes. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> See, there's a lot of different routes that you can take to get to Mason depending on where you live. Maybe it's like, no, I want to go the fast way. I'm running late. I need to jump on 71. I need to get on the interstate and just get there as quickly as I can. Maybe it's like, no, I got plenty of time where I live. It's a little bit better. And Waze says to go the back roads at this time. And so you can go the back roads. You can come from the north, the south, the east, the west. But to get into Kings Island, no matter what route that you take to get there, you would eventually have to turn onto Kings Island Drive. There's, in other words, there's many roads to get there, but there's only one way in. See, and Jesus is saying that you may have gotten 
to hear from all different directions. But there's only one way to get to God, and I am the way. That isn't exclusive, it's specific. So Jesus is the way. Here's number two in that verse. It says, Jesus is the truth. Because he says, I am the truth. I am the truth. Now listen to what John chapter 1, a few chapters earlier, in verse 14, it says this. It says, the word, which by the way there in the first chapter of John, it says that Jesus is the word. So that's a capital W in my Bible. So that means Jesus. So Jesus, he became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the whole he was God but came to earth thing. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. And this is how it describes Jesus, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not a source and standard of truth. Jesus is the source and the standard of truth. See, the world is not the source and the standard of truth. The nightly news is not the source and the standard of truth. Social media, dear God, help us, is not the source of truth. You know, culture and blogs, and, you know, it is not the source and the standard of truth. Your college professors, I don't care how smart they are, are not the source and the standard of truth. And get this, you and I, we're not the source and the standard of truth. See, we don't have the right to determine what's right. That's reserved only for Jesus. And get this, truth is not a principle Truth is not a philosophy. Truth is a person. And his name is Jesus. And other religions, they don't really come close to this. See, Muhammad, he says, like, follow me and I'll show you the truth. Buddha says, follow me and I'll show you the truth. Confucius says, follow me, I'll show you the truth. Jesus says, follow me, I am the truth. There's a big difference. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And number three, Jesus is the life. Because he says in verse six, he says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. And in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, it says this, and this is the, is the testimony that God has given us. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son who is Jesus. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So in Jesus that there is this thing called eternal life. That in other words that you could spend eternity with God. And then he goes on to say in a few chapters before John 14 and John 10... He says this in John 10, 10, he says, I came so that they could have real and eternal life. So there's that eternal life thing again. But then he goes on and says this, a more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And by the way, this is one of my favorite things about Jesus. This is not something that Jesus has. This is who Jesus is. The fact that Jesus is life. And that I love the fact 
that because of Jesus, it's able to let me have a relationship with God. And the fact that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that every mistake and every sin that I have is forgiven so that I can spend eternity with God. I can have eternal life and that you can have eternal life with God. And that's amazing. And if that's all he did, that'd be great enough. But he says there's more. He says it's not just about eternal life. It's not just about getting your fire insurance so the fact that whenever you die, you're all good and going to heaven. It's so much more than that. He says not only that, I came not only to give you eternal life, I came to give you abundant life. That it's not just for one day, it's for right now. The fact that the best life that you could ever live is found in Jesus. And we built our church around this idea. We built our church around this idea that you can experience this John 10, 10, more and better life. That the life that Jesus can offer you, get this, is better than anything that this world could offer. That is better than any amount of money that you could get. It's better than any job that you could have or any promotion that you could get. It's better than any car you could drive or dream home that you could imagine getting. It's better than any 401k that you could build. That the best possible life. And all that stuff is awesome. And all that stuff is great. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that the best life that we could ever live is found following Jesus. It's the best life. And I'm so thankful that because of what Jesus did, he offers us that. And you'll never be more alive than when you make the decision to follow and to live for Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. And the only way that he could do that is if he is the life. And so um, I want to end with this story. Um, There's a guy by the name of Ravi Zacharias. And he's actually one of the leading voices defending Christianity today. He's, He's brilliant. He's an author. He's a speaker. Uh, He trains people in this. And by the way, if you have any questions about faith or God and the Bible and you're looking for more resources, I know I shared those books, but you can actually check out his website. And we're going to put that on the screen. You can just write that down. I mean, it has so many great tools and different things that you can to be able to go and look if you just want to be able to dive even more into this subject. And um, this guy... He's he's brilliant. He's a doctor, but he's dedicated his entire life to answering tough questions. And that's because there was a time in his life where he had so many questions. And in his own words, this is what he says in something, in, in, in a story that I found on him. He says, when I grew up, if you're not at the top of your class, then you're not going to succeed. I couldn't cope with it. There was so much pressure. I also had a very strict father and I struggled with that. I took a lot of punishment physically. So one day I decided to end my own life. I was not depressed. My friends would have been shocked to hear suicide was on my mind. But for me, life had no meaning or purpose. I went to school one day and used the keys to the science lab to check out some poisons. I put them into a glass of water, drank it, collapsed on my knees, and grasped for breath as the poison ran through my veins. 
By the grace of God, somebody found me and rushed me to the hospital. If he were not there, I would be dead. Doctors quickly emptied all the poisons out of me and as I recovered in the hospital bed, a friend walked in one day with the Bible and he showed me John chapter 14. I couldn't hold the book. My body was too dehydrated and he had to read it to me. As he read the words of Jesus in verse six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My soul was touched like never before. There in the hospital bed, I prayed, Jesus, I don't know much about who you are, but you are telling me that you are the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And if you take me out of this hospital room, I will leave no stone unturned in my pursuit of truth. And I walked out of that room five days later, an absolutely brand new man. I began to study my Bible and it drastically changed my life. But it was there in that hospital room where Jesus told me that he could give me what life was really meant to be. And I've never looked back. Years of study have only confirmed my decision to follow him. And then he wrote this and I'll put it on the screen. I've traveled the world. I've searched high and low. I've found nothing that satisfies my mind, my heart, and the deepest longings of my soul like Jesus does. He is not only the way, the truth, and the life. And here's my prayer for you today, that he is my way, my truth, and my life, just as he can be for anyone who reaches out to him. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to ask right there, don't miss this moment. Ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? What does my response need to be to this message? What I believe is that maybe for many of you in this room, you've put off the fact of following Jesus. And maybe you've never made that decision before today. And you've never made the decision to put him first in your life, to say, you know what? I wanna follow you. I wanna reach out and grab that life that you have for me. Or maybe you're in this room today and you have made that decision before in the past, but you've went off and you've done your own thing and you've. And right now you find yourself at church, but you feel so far from God. The amazing thing is all of us, if we find ourselves in either of those groups, we are one choice away from everything changing. So today, if you're here and you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, whether it's for the first time or you wanna make a fresh commitment to say, you know what? I wanna give him my whole life. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And I wanna make sure that I seal that deal today. And if you're here and that's you, I wanna encourage you to take a step because that could be what God is speaking to you today. That could be your response to this message. And so if you're here and you wanna make that decision, all I wanna do is I wanna pray for you. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. 
And if you want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to ask you on the count of three, just with, just with every bit of boldness that you have this morning, to put your hand in the air and say, include me in that prayer. Uh, that's the decision I need to make today. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and I need to make that decision. If that's you, I want you to not even hesitate on the count of three. Just raise your hand and say, include me in that prayer. One, two, three. Raise it up, raise it up. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else, anybody else? I got you, got you. It's great, anybody else, anybody else? I got you. It's great, I got you, I got you. That's awesome, you can put your hands down. And just pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. And I'm sorry if I've lived my life without you. I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. I was going one way, but right now I make the conscious choice to go in a different direction, the direction towards you. And so would you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you so that I can receive every bit of life that you have for me. And I choose to follow you, not just for today, not just on some random September Sunday in 2019, but for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for Jesus. Thank you. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands and celebrate with all those that just made that such important decision. It's incredible. Oh man. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople. 